Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Have you ever heard a soccer announcer yell, goal, after a player scores? Well, you too are going to be pretty hyped after achieving your goals this next quarter and year. I've got the formula. Today on episode 43 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, I'm doing a solo episode on goal setting to greatness. As you plan for a strong finish of 2022 and begin plans for 2023 for your personal leadership development, you gotta write strong goals. And I'm here to teach you how to do that and how to, more than ever before, achieve them. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. You know, the only time I ever did archery growing up was at camp, summer camp. Remember that? where archery was one of the rotations during free time with the BB gun range and down by the lakefront. So I would go over to the archery range and there was a college student usually there that was trained to just make sure you didn't impale yourself with the arrows, right? They didn't know too much about archery, but they wanted to make sure you were safe. And they taught you how to stand and load the arrow in and it kept falling off, you know, the little tray, And, you know, you finally got it in there and you unleashed the arrow. And if it hit the hay bales, you were like golden. It was like, yes, I made it stick, you know, in the hay bales. And then if you hit the target, it was like, whoa, I'm pretty cool. Right. I mean, it was just totally luck. And then if you hit the bullseye, that was like amazing and complete luck. And you're like, I'm done off to the BB gun range. But I never really learned how to aim. I almost didn't realize that you could aim. I mean, I knew that. But it took a few, uh, many, many years later, actually, until I did a team building with a local team. And we went over to an archery range as part of the team building for the day. And uh, they hired an actual archer. I guess it's an archery archery instructor uh, who taught us, again, how to stand and made some adjustments in what I had learned. And they taught me how to aim. And I literally hit the bullseye and I felt like a million bucks. Felt like I was a little kid once again. And then he moved us back 10 yards and I hit it again. And he moved us back 10 more yards and I hit it again. And finally, we were completely across the range from the target. I didn't hit the bullseye, but I still hit very close there on the target. And I felt great because I learned how to aim. Why do I talk about that today when we're talking about goal setting? Because goal setting is all about aiming. When I do this as a live seminar, I title it ready, aim, and then dot, 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 right? Fire is a whole nother uh, podcast episode. (laughs) It's a whole nother webinar or seminar because sometimes we have to pull that trigger. And you can go back to my archives to find the one on decision making because we have to be willing to fire. But today it's going to be about goal setting. Why must we set goals? Well, goals push you forward. I name my business Growing Forward, and this is the Grow Forward Today podcast, and I really feel like goals propel you forward. They define success, and they make it measurable. Otherwise, we just, you know, throw something out there, and we don't know if we're hitting that target. Goals hold you accountable, because as soon as you say it and you write it, oftentimes you tell somebody else it, it's like, all right, it's out there in the world. I guess I better do it. 
I was doing this with a team yesterday and uh, I have the little, a little sheet that says, don't break the streak. You know, it's for the old Jerry Seinfeld. When he would write a joke, he would write one for 30 days straight. And so when he got sort of disinterested 13 days in, he's like, oh, I can't break the streak. I got 12 days in a row. And so I, I asked them if they would be willing to commit to each other, to commit to whatever that personal leadership tactic was and put it on the chart and post it so everybody could see it. So that holds them accountable. Uh, goals also set your priorities because there's so many things on our plate. Some need to rise to the top as true priorities. And goals also uplift morale. When you get goals done, you get that momentum going, man, it feels great. And if your whole team around you or your family around you is also hitting their goals, boy, just everyone feels great. A lot of negative consequences that happen if we don't set goals. They're pretty much the opposite of what I've already shared, right? You, you can get stagnant without goals. Um, you really don't know if you're winning or not. They, uh, if You have no accountability, so you're probably going to stay right here. You you aren't able to identify those priorities that you have. You're just going to be pursuing things pell-mell and you're going to feel like a failure at the end of the year, at the end of the quarter, because you haven't really gotten anything concrete accomplished. You've dabbled a lot, but you haven't put the little check in the checkbox. What I know is one of the greatest predictors of success is goal orientation. I was at a seminar many years ago where they were selling 3% t-shirts. The t-shirt said, I'm in the 3%. And it was supposed to be a talking point because 3% of Americans actually write down their goals, only 3%, uh, which I think is fascinating. And so if you bought the t-shirt, it would be a talking point. Someone would walk up to you and say, hey man, what's with the 3%? percent I'm like, well, I'm one of the 3% that writes down my goals. And they would either say like, yeah, me too. Or no, tell me more about that. And they did a study many, many years ago. I think it was a Yale study I'm not even sure how they correlated, but they tracked some graduates that wrote their goals down. Only 3% of them did. And 97% of the people that didn't, and they tracked them many decades later. And those 3% that wrote down their goals made more money than all those other 97% put together. So pretty fascinating. Goals are dreams with a deadline. I had somebody asked me the other day, Paul, what are goals? And I said, dreams with a deadline. They have to start with a dream. You have to know where you're going and what you want to accomplish, but they're really not done until that deadline date. And usually that's the thing that gets us going is that deadline. So my objective today in this episode is to give you 10 quick tips to goal set to greatness at work and in life. And when the first step is sort of the preparation step, it's preparing for the goal setting process. So I think in advance, you've got to get into a place of quiet because that's where we get our breakthroughs and self-evaluate against key priorities before you set your new goals. It's a dose of reality. It's like the you are here place on the map in the mall. I'm, I'm here. I walked in these doors. I want to get to this store. I have to know where I'm at first. You have to know where you are before you can determine where you're going. Now, what are you going to be looking at? Maybe it's your last performance appraisal. If it's a work goal, maybe it's your current stats or metrics that you're measuring. Um, hard to measure feelings, right? But if it was a weight loss goal, it might be like, I just don't feel healthy. Somehow you've got to get that you are here perspective. Then you want to make sure you're clear regarding the major targets where you must focus your energy, your resources, your skills, 
to carry out whatever your mission is at work or the vision you have for your life. Be crystal clear in what you want and what you think is most important. Listen to a podcast by uh, Amy Porterfield the other day, and she had Marie Forleo on her show. And they were just very, they're pounding into the listeners. You've just got to spend some time to say what is most important right now in this quarter or this year ahead, because once you know what is important, you're going to know what isn't important. It's going to help you say yes and say no a lot better. So what are the 20% of targets that will net you 80% of the results if you focus a disproportionate amount of time on those goals? The 80-20 principle, right? There's 20% of things that you could focus on that are going to get you the most ground. On the entrepreneur on fire, John Lee Dumas made an acrostic out of the word focus. He calls it following one course until success. Focus, following one course until success. So without a goal, I think you say goodbye to focus. Because then again, you're just shooting at everything at the same time. So three categories of the major targets for setting a goal. First of all, you can set goals to pursue an established standard. So this could be if it's a work goal, um, that's a job description, pillar responsibility, right? It's there in your, in your job. You're being evaluated off of this. You may call it a KPI, a key performance indicator, or a PLI, a performance level indicator, KPA. I mean, there's all different ways different companies call this. But it's very vital to assure that you are you have clarity on what your pillar responsibilities are. And then you can base your goals off that. Or you can decide to, the standard could be the current company's priorities for this quarter. If you run your own business, obviously you're setting these with you by yourself or with your team. Or if you have a supervisor, they're hopefully cascading down the priorities of the company that you're going to shoot for in this quarter. Or... You can, the standard could be metrics. Everyone needs a number that they're shooting for. Uh, a real estate might be the number of uh, homes that they sell. That would be more of a lag measure that we'll talk about in a few minutes. But it could be the number of contacts they make in their CRM system. Uh, how many dormant clients that they have added value to. Whatever that metric might be, that's going to be the standard that a goal can be set from. Now, here's some very disturbing stats. Only 15% of employees can identify the most important goals or priorities of their organization. If they were put on the spot, only 15% could say what they are. So to me, that means there either are none, there are no priorities, there's too many, so it's got everybody confused, or they're just poorly communicated down the chain. Only 19% of employees feel passionate about their organization's goals. So that tells me there's like no ownership in, in those goals. They've just come down from above. Uh, there's been no input by that employee into those goals. And so they're just not emotionally connected to them. They don't make them go like, wow, we get to do this today. So if you're in leadership position, vital vision casting is huge. The average employee spends only 49% of time at work on their company's most important goals. Only half of their time is spent with the company says, this is most important. And so there's a lot of sideways energy going on in most jobs. They're swirling away on other stuff when the company would say, no, if they could just pull every employee back to center, they would say, no, we need you to be doing this. And then only 51% of employees know what they personally must do 
to achieve the company's goals. And this is where I've heard it many times, the story of the uh, the two masons, brick masons, you know, putting one brick on another, putting mortar in between, building a wall, it looks like. And somebody walks up to the first guy and says, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, brick upon brick until five o'clock. It's almost time to go. And uh, then I'll be done for the day. Then he goes up to the next guy and says, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a cathedral. And he has a total vision of what this building is going to look like and that he has a part in building this wall of this cathedral. He's probably going to bring his kids there someday and say, I was a part of building that masterpiece. So he knew what he personally was contributing to that huge goal. So I'm going to encourage you to set goals to pursue that established standard, or you can set goals to pursue an overarching vision. So you have a personal vision for your life. I'd encourage you to do that in a lot of different categories. Could be your health and wellness, could be uh, your key relationships in your family, uh, could be your money goals, your vacation recreation goals. So you've got this overarching vision. Goals are the gasoline that makes that vision go somewhere. Goals are the gasoline that make the vision go somewhere. You could also set goals to just close the gap from your intended performance, where you really want to be in your skill level, and your reality performance. Right? We all live in the gap of our lives. There's this like me humming on all cylinders at 100%, and there's me, how I'm actually doing today. And there's just this gap. And as a coach, I jump into that gap with clients to try to help close that gap. And so we could set goals that actually close that gap. And as I mentioned already earlier, the 80-20 principle, you could set goals to spend 80% of time on the 20% of tasks that produce the biggest payoff. Okay, so it's the desired future and then how to get there. Once you know where you are and where you're going, then you can actually storyboard back from there. Some people call it reverse engineering uh, the goals from there. So a storyboard, uh, you've probably seen these in movies where they draw out each scene. Uh, if you're doing a video shoot, oftentimes the videographer will have you like make little scenes of what we want in each one before we actually shoot the video. So you could just simply draw six boxes. I could send you this form if you're interested. I'm at growingforward at paulcasey.org, growingforward at paulcasey.org. Simple little form, six boxes. In the last box, so the bottom right one, you would put where you want to be. So that, that is your vision. That's the end goal. And then in the five boxes before it, you are going to put the steps to get to that end state. So you could literally work backwards and say, okay, what's the last step before I get to the goal? And then now what's the step before that and the step before that? Or some of you are more chronological, you know, and you're like, I, I just want to know what the first step is. And then the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth step. Either way, you break them into little manageable chunks. The next smallest doable chunk you're going to put in that box. Because uh, the reason a lot of my clients get stalled is because they don't know what the next step is, or the next step is some major chasm to jump over. And they're like, Man, I don't have the energy for that today. And then the next day, and the next day, and they keep procrastinating. So it has to be small enough chunks that as soon as you're done with this one, you look ahead and go, oh, that one's not going to be too hard either. I'll do that one tomorrow and the next one the next day. So if you ever find yourself stalled, you realize, well, that next chunk might be just too big and I'm going to have to chip it down a little bit. 
each box is like a little sprint and they could be little two week sprints. If they're a huge goal, they could be daily sprints. If they're a smaller goal uh, to get to. All right. So we spent a lot of time on the first one, which is the preparation. Second step is better to set a vital few goals than the trivial many goals, the vital few rather than the trivial many when it comes to goal setting. Why do you think this is true? Well, obviously, if we have too many goals, it's overwhelming. It gets unwieldy to track, right? And I like to say, if you have too many priorities, it means you have no priorities because then you've made everything a priority and that's impossible. So a vital few is great. I don't know, there's something about just the, the number three that uh, I there's probably some brain science that goes into this. But as soon as you get beyond three, it's hard for your brain at least your short-term memory brain, to hold on to that. You get sent to the store by the one you love, and they say, get eggs, milk, and bread. And you're like, eggs, milk, bread, eggs, milk, bread. And then you go we're out the door, and then they yell, hey, and get some chewing gum while you're there. And you're like, chewing gum, eggs, milk. Uh-oh, what, what was the other thing? You know, sometimes we just can't store more than three things. So the vital few is going to focus you. I used to make tons of goals, but uh, then I would realize it was just unwieldy to track all those. And uh, even though I got more goals done than the average person, uh, I, if I still didn't get all of them done, I felt like, oh, I'm a failure. I didn't get I didn't get 10 done. Right. I got eight. Eight is way more than most people, but it still wasn't like my perfection standard. And that wasn't good. So I backed off that to make it more realistic. Number three is to make your goals smart and hard. Smart and hard goals, both little acronyms here. We want to give specificity to our goals because they're not New Year's resolutions. I mean, that season is coming, but those are just well-intentioned wishes that are short on substance. And that's why so many people have bailed on them within that first month of the year. But if you write a true goal that fits the smart and hard acronyms, there's going to be a way better chance that you're going to hit those goals. So SMART goals, they've been around, I think, since the 70s, 60s or 70s. You probably can do this acronym with me. S stands for specific. So never a vague goal because you can't hit a vague target, like have a better attitude at work, you know, or um, be healthier or be a better parent, right? Those are vague targets. Keep pinning them down. You can start with that because that's a good vision. But, but keep pinning them down to doable actions to turn it into an actual goal. So the questions you'd ask yourself here is, you know, who, what, when, where, which, you know, you're going to, you're going to use those journalism questions that you had in high school to try to pin that down to something very specific. M is for measurable, have to be able to track this action for effectiveness and just to know if it's done. So questions you would ask yourself to be measurable is how much, how many. There's usually a number. It's like 20 minutes or every 30 days or 15 phone calls. There's going to be a number there that's easy to measure. So specific, measurable, A is attainable. Uh, some people have said achievable for the A. It's realistic. You can get it done with hard work. I'm going to encourage you not to set a goal that is dependent on someone else and thus out of your control. Why? Because then when that person keeps that piece of paper on their desk or doesn't follow through with their task, then your goal is stalled. And again, you feel like, oh, I, I, I didn't reach my goal, but it was based and contingent on somebody else. 
So only set goals that are within your power to do. I mentioned lead measures versus lag measures. You might've heard this before. A lag measure is your end result goal. How much money you've made or how much money's in the bank. Uh, how many clients or customers that you have. How many employees have you hired or retained this season? Okay, those are great. And a lot of people just look at those lag measures as their success. When you're in goal setting mode though, you want lead measures. Lead measures are effort goals. There are things within your power to do each and every day, or even with just one time, because you can actually do that thing and no one is stopping you from getting that done. So make goals more on the lead measure side. You can have vision that's on the lag measure side. So questions you'd ask yourself here is, do I have the attitude, the ability, the skills, the financial capacity to make this goal attainable? Specific, measurable, attainable, R is relevant. Relevant to your job description, if it's your day job, relevant to your life vision, if we're talking personal leadership development, the focus of this podcast. So you wanna make sure it's aligned and results oriented. Don't pick a goal that's like the separate thing over here to the left or to the right, right? The, the goals are your job. So you wanna make sure that whatever goal you pick, it's in line with where you're going. And then T is time bound or time dated. You can actually calendar the, uh, the accomplishment of this goal for a sense of urgency. The hardest ones are ones that have no imposed deadline from outside of you. So you have to set your own internal deadline so that you don't keep procrastinating it. Assignments without deadlines create guilt often, but not action. And we often underestimate the amount of time it takes to reach a goal. We underestimate that. So make sure you put it in that attainable time period. So if we don't choose that reasonable time frame, what happens? Then we're then we're for then we like uh, choose to throw in the towel if we don't hit the target. It's like oh I haven't ma made my my goal of this oh heck with this goal you know and then we just throw it out instead of just getting back on the horse the next day we just give up. So we've got to have that reasonable time frame because it's always going to take longer, especially if this goal is a new habit for you. You've probably heard it takes. How many days to make a habit? What have you heard? The, the number one answer I get back is 21. 21 days to make a habit, right? I, I read in a book, I think it was either The Power of Habit or Atomic Habits. Both book recommends for, for you, by the way. It says that that is an arbitrary number that came from plastic surgery. Like when you get a nose job, it takes 21 days for the nose to assimilate into your face. How in the world did that somehow get translated into... 21 days to make a habit, I don't know, but it's way more. The average, the latest research I've been reading about says it takes 63 days to make a habit, 63. So real change requires real work. So the question you'd ask yourself here is by when? So specific, measurable, attainable, relevant to your life vision or your job description and time bound. Goals should be north of your comfort zone, but south of the delusional zone. I think that's a Maxwell quote. North of your comfort zone, but south of the delusional zone. It's a bit of a stretch, but not out of reach. Then there's hard goals. Hard stands for heartfelt. What's everyone's favorite radio station? W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? So what do you really want? Goals that mean the most to you keep coming back to the surface. It's got to come from the inside. 
No goal is interesting until you are interested. And if smart could become smarty and putting an E at the end, E would be for exciting, right? Can't be a should goal. Like don't should all over me, I like to say, right? Should goals are just guilt goals. But no, no, goals are there to inspire you not to beat yourself up with. There must be a clear and enthusiastic why, almost an obsession as the motivator behind every goal you make. Be able to add to the, the phrase, so that, after you write your goal. Like, I want to lose weight so that I am healthier or live a long time or so that I can fit in my pants again. Whatever that is, put a so that after your goal, and that's going to give you why power. Because it's why power, not willpower, that will ignite your inner drive. Robert Schuler says, goals are not only absolutely necessary to motivate us, they are essential to really keep us alive. The A in heart is animated. This is the visualization principle. You have to be able to see yourself doing it and accomplishing it in order to get going. So begin with the end in mind, see yourself doing that goal and even accomplishing it, and you'll probably take the next step. R is required. You have no choice but to pursue this goal. Like you can't not do it. And then D is difficult. You want to pick a goal that's challenging. It's a stretch. It's to be better tomorrow than I was today. It can't just be achieved in one step, one little thing on your to-do list. And if you could put uh, an R onto smart E, it would probably be the R would stand for risky, right? So you want, you want to be able to look back a year from now and go, that was really hard, but I did it. I got that thing done. So hard is heartfelt, animated, required, and difficult. So smart and hard goals are going to help blast away at that New Year's resolution type setting. Hey, let's take a break. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me on my website, growingforwardservices.net growingforwardservices.net. On Instagram or Facebook, I'm at Growing Forward Services. Or on LinkedIn, I'm Paul D. Casey. Don't just do Paul Casey because he's a professional golfer and I'm just a duffer. So Paul D. Casey on LinkedIn. We're going to be back after the break and we're going to start heading into what does that goal writing look like? So stay tuned. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry teams team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more, and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back to the Grow Forward Today podcast. I'm your host, Paul Casey. 
and we have been talking about goal setting to greatness. So rock out your fourth quarter and as you start to plan for 2023 goals, this would be great information to use with your team or just in your own personal leadership development to really make 2023 your best year ever. So we have already talked about preparing for the goal setting process and deciding like, are you going to pursue a standard or is it a vision or is it closing a gap? Those are the three common ones. Then we talked about setting a vital few and not too many goals because you don't want to get overwhelmed trying to track them. And then we just talked about smart and hard goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant to your vision and time bound. And the hard goals, heartfelt, animated, required and difficult. Let's go on to number four. State your goals positively, bigger, and in the present tense. So we're in this writing of the goals stage, right? So I'm sort of combining three in this point number four. So present tense mean like I, and then there's an action verb right after that. It's as if you're doing it right now. So it's a positive thing. We don't want to put negative things here in our goals, like I don't want to eat chocolate <laughs> or I'm not going to eat chocolate, right? Because your brain doesn't see the word not. It just starts fixating on the chocolate. And then all of a sudden you've got cravings for chocolate when you're trying not to eat it. So I'm not going to, I'm going to encourage you not to pick a negative one, but a positive goal because you act consistently with the dominant picture in your mind. So if you keep visualizing the thing you want, not the thing you don't want, you're going to be leaning into those positive goals. So think about your goals. Do they give you a sense of deep contentment or excitement when you're writing them? I'm going to say, just amp it up another level. Like think bigger. If you think small, you're going to stay small. Say that to yourself. Think small, stay small. Like, I don't want that. So think big, you're going to go, you're going to go big. So that S in smart could also stand for substantial, right? Uh, Grant Cardone is famous for saying 10x it, baby. You know, he said 10x everything. So whatever your goal is, multiply it times 10. Okay, that might be a little extreme, but what would be the benefit of doing that? Well, if you shoot for the moon, you end up in the stars. You've probably heard that little uh, saying before. It's definitely going to make you think bigger. And, you know, I'm going to actually do that. My end of the year planning this year is I'm going to maybe, maybe not 10x it, but but at least say, if, what if I doubled my goals now I'm going to have to think differently. It's going to put me in more of an innovation mode because I can't do business the same way I'm doing it if I were to double everything. Often a humongous goal, a big, hairy, audacious goal, a BHAG, will trigger a cascade of other productive habits just by pursuing it. And if you think about the office supply of the rubber band, right, it's only effective when what? When it's stretched. Right. Otherwise, just this limp, you know, piece of material. It's not really doing its job unless it stretches. So this is a good kind of stress. They call it U-stress, E-U-stress, a good kind of stress that doesn't make you burn out, but it actually charges you up. So after you set one of these goals, you ask yourself, what type of person does that? OK, so you set a goal. You make it positive. You make it big. You make it present tense. And then you say, what type of person does that? Now you've got more of an identity around that goal or a perspective. So then when, uh, as things come at you during the day, you say to yourself as a filter, what would a person committed to my goal do? So for instance, if it was a safety goal at work, 
What would a person committed to safety do in this situation? And then you'd be like, okay, I'm going to do a pre-job huddle. I'm going to chill out before work to be mentally present. So work, you know, so home life doesn't affect work life. If it was a health goal, what type of a person does that? Well, what would a person committed to health do in this situation when there's a bunch of donuts in my face? Okay, I'm going to say, no, thank you. And I'm going to also have probably a healthy snack in my bag that I'm going to use as an alternative. If it was an adventure goal, you would say to yourself, what would an adventurous person, a person committed to adventure do? Well, an opportunity comes, you're going to say yes to that. And you're going to find out a way in your calendar to make that adventure happen. Okay, number five. Put your goals in writing and speak them aloud. Put the goal in writing and speak it aloud. Listen to these fantastic statistics. I gave you some negative ones to start, but you're you're 42% more likely to accomplish your goal when you put it in writing. 42%. Those are good odds. And listen to this. You are 78% more likely to accomplish your goals if you speak them aloud, especially to another person. 78% are really good odds for getting your things done. So like I said at the beginning, I'm giving you the formula for having your best goal attainment year ahead. 78%, you've got to talk about them. It gives them more power, Jim Rohn says, when they pass across the lips and pencil tips. Isn't that good? Nice little rhyme. Goals have more power when they pass across the lips and pencil tips. It's as if that starts the engine going and you begin leaning toward those goals. The biggest difference between moderately successful people and you, highly successful people, was the writing down of goals. At the least, ask after every goal is shared, how does that goal contribute to the overall goals of the company, if it's a work goal, or your overall vision for your life? So we've gone now from goal setting. Now we're going to start to move into goal vetting. Number six is to confirm the goals with your supervisor, if it's a work goal, and tell the rest of the team. If you are a solopreneur like me, or you are just uh, listening to this podcast because it is for your personal leadership development, you're going to confirm those goals with somebody. You're going to tell a mastermind group, your coach, your success partner, somebody, because this is going to hit the go button on implementation. Once, you know, this person gets what you have said out loud, there's agreement. It may even take two sessions, right? One is you're going to, you know, spitball it. You're going to throw it out there for a while, see if this sounds good. And uh, you get some feedback from this other person and then one to lock them in. That's cool. Leaders help their people. So hopefully your leader or your buddy, your accountability buddy or success partner, mastermind friend is going to help you attend to your priorities, they're going to help in- inhibit distractions and shiny things that you're that you're tempted to chase. They're also going to help you remember your why that you told them about when you set the goal. If you say this in front of a bunch of people like your team or your mastermind group, team members can speak into the goals too to give you support. Like, oh, I know a way that you can get that goal faster. Or I know who you should talk to. Or I know a website or a book that you should read. So then the team actually helps each other when you share your goal aloud in front of a group of people. So we go from goal setting to goal vetting through another person, and then we're going to get to goal getting. And here's where we really up that success ratio besides writing it 
besides telling someone. I'm going to encourage you to, number seven, ask questions that get at the root of making goal attainment more likely. So this is some some introspection here. First, what more do you need from your supervisor or your success partners to be successful? Right? What, what can you ask them for? Most people do want to help you get to your goals, but they have no idea how to do that unless you tell them. Second is what resources, what learnings, what collaboration with others do you need to accomplish these goals? Because oftentimes we don't have the full skill set or even mindset to be, or maybe that's the tool set. We don't have one of those things that we need to actually accomplish the goal when we look at it, you know, on the front end right now. So we have to say like, all right, what do we need to do? If I really want to help a company uh, with a certain assessment tool, I'm going to have to get certified in order for them to see that credibility or to even use the tool in the first place. So that would be one way that I would have to think about. I got to get a certification before I can actually help a company with that one. How are you best motivated to attain your goals? Yes, it's worth it to think about your motivators. Here's a here's a quick list of them. Maybe you can check some off in your mind. Do these things motivate you to get off the dime and get going? How about recognition? Do you need someone that's saying, good job, giving you a high five? Do you care about making a difference in the world? Is that motivating? Money, making money or having some perks. That's okay, right? It's We're asking you what your motivators are and get you going. Helping others. A lot of people have that. They're servant leaders. Pride in a job well done. Having personal excellence. Signing your name to something and knowing that it was the best. Deadlines could be a motivator. I didn't say these were all wonderful motivators. I'm just saying they get you going, right? Sometimes without deadlines, we wouldn't get anything done. How about the challenge of stretching to new limits? You like a good challenge. Like, oh man, I'm in a rut. I need I need something that's gonna push me. That's why people run marathons and climb mountains sometimes. Contributing to team success. Maybe you're a people person and you just love when the team gets together and accomplishes something together. And you could say like, I was a vital part of that team. It's like when I'm playing golf in a best ball tournament and they take my shot, which doesn't happen very often, but when they do, I feel pretty good about it. They took my shot. Change in variety could be a motivator for you that don't like to sit still or do the same thing day in, day out. And then independence or autonomy might be a motivator for you. Just being left alone to get stuff done, have nobody micromanaging you. Can you think about one or two of those that get you going? They're often grouped by like the M's, money and material things, or you're motivated by mastery being the best, or by morale, the whole team function and recognition, or momentum, moving forward, those things that where you feel progress. A few more questions to ask yourself. How about what potential obstacles, roadblocks, or constraints might you see standing in the way of attaining this goal? I mean, these are probably the reasons you haven't already attained the goal. So let's just be honest about it. You want to get ahead of the excuses, right? Excuses are the exit ramps of life. Isn't that good? Excuses are the exit ramps of life. You want to be on this freeway, but when you make an excuse, you're getting off. You can make excuses or progress, never both, right? Make excuses or progress, never both. And Henry Ford said, obstacles are those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off the goal. 
So let's be honest, though, there will be resistance. As soon as you set a goal, resistance will come calling. So let's get ahead of those. Here's another question. What might you have to stop doing in order to pursue these new goals? Peter Drucker calls this planned abandonment. Okay, so you've got all these things on your plate already. Which one are you going to say no to in order to pursue this goal? Because otherwise, you're just piling on. And anyone feeling the feeling of piling on usually doesn't want to try new stuff and go after new goals because they're just surviving. So what are you carrying into your new efforts that ought to be removed before you even start? Don't give up what you want most, that's your goal, for what you want now. That's the alluring distraction that wants to pull you off. Don't give up what you want most for what you want now. And then what keystone habit needs to be formed in order to queue up goal attainment? Keystone habit, I think that's from the Power of Habit book, where it says, like, if you could do one habit that would pretty much trigger or queue up, trigger is usually said in a bad way, queue is usually in a good goal-setting way, what would queue up a whole bunch of other good habits by pursuing this one habit? This also brings in the power of habit stacking. Habit stacking. So when you do one thing, like you're, you're trying to learn how to, you're trying to floss, you know how to floss, but you just haven't been doing it. And your dentist says, you got to do this or it's going to be painful every time you come in here. So you're already brushing your teeth. So you're going to link or habit stack flossing onto, or onto brushing so that these two go together every time. I've done this with like my weekly preview. So every Friday I do a weekly preview and look ahead at next week and I sum up all the wins of this week. So I've got those two things, but then I also do a, an update on my clients. I've stacked that one on and I see if I have prep time on my calendar for future speaking engagements. So I've now stacked four habits together, but the first one was just to capture the wins of the week. So what's that keystone habit? So what you say to yourself if your habit stacking is after I blank, I will blank, right? So after I read inspirationally, I'm going to journal my takeaway, okay? Uh, after I put my child to bed, I am going to read 20 minutes professionally. So you're going to habit stack those. Okay, so those are the questions. Number eight, lock in the system for accountability and the review of goal attainment. Accountability and review. Tom Landry, the famous uh, Hall of Fame coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he said, setting a goal is not the main thing. It's deciding how you will go about achieving it and staying with that plan. So a whole bunch of ways you can hold yourself accountable. And I find if we don't have some type of accountability, it's really hard to just do it with your own willpower. So you could get informal feedback from your supervisor at work, if it's a work goal, or your success partners, if it's a personal goal. You could have regularly scheduled coaching sessions. That could, again, be with your supervisor at work or by hiring a coach uh, or checking in with a mentor or even a therapist if you're working on some type of emotional uh, issue. And you're going to report on your goal progress each time. So you're just going to tell this person Green, yellow, or red, right? Green is all systems go, I'm succeeding. Yellow is I'm stalled a bit or struggling. And red is like no progress. And then you're going to accept their coaching ideas to help get you unstuck. Another accountability tool would be being ready for your performance appraisal. 
uh, if it's a work goal or other checkpoints that are milestones that you've set up for yourself. And if there's no company reward because it's a personal goal, you got to reward yourself. Like, I don't know how to do that. And you definitely don't want to pick a reward that's counteracting your other goals. Like, I'm going to buy myself a massive pizza, you know, after if I meet these other nutrition goals, <laughs> obviously that would be counterintuitive. So maybe it's able, you're able to spend something when you've made enough money in your business. And so then you can actually spend on something else that's going to help the business, but you're going to give yourself some type of reward. If you have a staff meeting with your team, you can declare the updates to the rest of the group. Or like I said, maybe a mastermind group or another small group of people. You want to have a culture of accountability. So I would recommend this to all teams that they have check-ins about their goals. There almost has to be a little bit of pain for letting the rest of the team down or, or saying that you are red on one of your goals. So they actually have whole websites set up to give yourself a little bit of pain if you don't set your goal. It's called stick.com, S-T-I-C-K-K.com. You can put in money and you will lose the money if you don't meet your goal. In fact, the money will go to your anti-charity, a charity that you do not support because you do not believe in what that charity supports. Your money's going to go to them. And you're like, no, I don't want that to happen. So then you actually set the stakes and uh, you pick a referee and you fill out an actual contract or a commitment contract to make sure you get your goal done. I might be at that point with one thing in my life. So we'll see. Uh, weekly, monthly, quarterly goal review. I told you that I do a daily preview review. I do a weekly review. I do a monthly review and I do a quarterly goal review. Uh, Dweemy, they call it daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. I've added quarterly in this year. So put these times on your calendar to stop, go up in the balcony of your life, review what's going on on the dance floor of your life and say like, how am I doing on this? That could be an accountability system. And celebrating short-term wins could be one. There's always an excuse to party, right? So anytime you get progress on one of your goals, celebrate that. Affirm the milestones along the way that keep you moving in the right direction and keep the momentum going. Now, let me pause here to say, what happens if you're not consistently hitting the goals you've set? Well, you ask yourself what's behind that lack of success. So you sort of go on a little archaeological dig here to try to figure out, okay, what's behind this? Usually the target hasn't moved, right? And I would encourage you to do this little exercise by processing it with somebody else because oftentimes we can't figure that out on our own. Oftentimes the goal is too broad. It needs to be broken into smaller chunks. Sort of like when you you know cut down a tree and you run the branches through that that machine called the chipper, right? And it goes, you know, and it actually breaks it all into sawdust. We have to do that with our goals if we keep using the word overwhelmed. Now, some personality styles don't use that word very much, but some of us do. And overwhelmed simply means not broken down into small enough chunks. Not broken down into small enough chunks. So run your goals through the chipper. You'll probably go back after them again. Sometimes it's procrastination. This might be a time management issue that you need to solve. It could be you're really tired, need more rest. It could be fighting an illness. Maybe just lack information to move forward. You just you just don't have what you need to get to that next step on the storyboard. Sometimes the root issue is poor self-confidence. I would encourage you, if this is yours, that you need coaching on it. 
because confidence is and courage is like the value that unleashes the other values, right? So that one you really have to work on. Sometimes you haven't found the motivating why that's big enough to go after this goal. You just haven't found it. So you're still sort of meh or shrug, you know, when you think about the goal and you're just like, no, I don't want to do that today because it's not big enough deal to me. It's not, you're not emotionally connected to it. It's not heartfelt like the H. And sometimes priorities change. Maybe in your company, something happens. Maybe COVID hits the world. Uh, maybe you realize you need more money. Uh, there's just a whole bunch of things that could happen and shift. It's okay to adjust a goal midstream. It's okay to pivot the P word from COVID. It's okay to reflect the current reality. Now, you're not doing it to get yourself off the hook, right? That wouldn't be okay. There's just constantly letting yourself off the hook. But if something has seriously changed, don't hold so firm to that and dig in that position so much that you can't adjust. So very important to give yourself that ability to change direction. Okay, let's go on to number nine. Number nine is to post your goals somewhere you will see them daily. Post your goals somewhere you'll see them daily because out of sight, out of mind, right? If you make goals, you stick them in a binder, a folder, and put them in your desk, you're going to be like, oh yeah, what were my goals again? But if they're sitting in front of you um, and you see them every day, good chance you're going to go after those. You will land where you look. You will steer, like steer your car, where you stare, where your eyes, eyeballs go. You land where you look, you steer where you stare. So this could be your computer monitor. This could be taking a picture uh, for your phone or your tablet's welcome screen, which you probably look at all day long. You could go old school, do the three by five card or the post-it. You could put it on your dashboard if in your car lot, your office door, the back of your ID badge if you're at work. You could put it the places where you waste time. <laughs> and uh, my IT guy said you could put it as your password on your computer. So some little phrase is your new password. So every time you have to sign on, you have to type in your goal. I thought that was pretty creative. I just bought one of these little trays called Quartet. It's like a little uh, dry erase board ledge that goes right in front of your keyboard. And you can write your top priorities right there in dry erase marker. So I'm going to give that a try. So why must we do this? Because you're constantly bombarded with distractions, the shiny things that will pull you off course if you're not aware of them wasting your time. Some of them truly are crises, and there are some opportunities, but it's often sideways energy that pulls us off. So find out some questions you can ask yourself daily, like seven to 10 questions that you can just rattle through, put them right in front of you. Like, have I said thank you to my team today? Have I thought about everything that goes in my mouth before I eat it? Uh, have I gotten 20 minutes of exercise today? Put a little little cheat sheet, little questions, and you can go right down like, yes, yes, no, no, yes. And then when you master that habit, then you substitute that question out. Finally, number 10, from goal setting to goal vetting, to goal getting, to goal netting. Yes, we're gonna throw a net over this. Number 10, get going and persist. So first you stretch out of your comfort zone and then you step, you make daily progress and then you sprint a short-term burst of action in the direction of your goal. Just start, take your first actions. You know this Chinese proverb, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. 
I'm going to encourage you to build those actions right into your calendar, your Google calendar, your outlook at recurring times early in the day. You want to get those priorities done as far away from the deadline as possible. You want to get those done and then obey your calendar. When it pops up, don't hit dismiss unless you're doing it. Don't hit snooze unless you're doing it. And then at the end of the day, do that daily review of today's goal accomplishments and a daily preview of tomorrow's top three goal priorities. These are the rhythms that we have to have to be successful in accomplishing our goals. Okay, so that is what we have covered today on goal setting to greatness. You're gonna you're gonna prep for those at the beginning. You're going to uh, make sure that you have vetted them through other people. You're gonna ask yourself some really good questions, and then finally, you're gonna have some systems in place of accountability and posting, and actually going for it to accomplish your goals. Robin Sharma says the real value of setting and achieving goals lies not in the rewards you receive, but in the person you become as a result of reaching your goals. Isn't that good? So it's oftentimes not how much you get done. It's it's who you're becoming. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests and me into action in your personal leadership development. I like to encourage you all to take my free animal personality assessment. It's on my website, growingforwardservices.net. You'll find out if you're a lion, an otter, a golden retriever, or a beaver, and how to be more self-aware in your style. It's going to help you with your communication skills, too. I want to thank you for listening to episode 43. Please spread the word about this podcast to those in your circle of influence who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week, keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel.